The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Appreciate you checking in with us, Raider Nation. Appreciate you uh, jumping in to talk a little bit of Raider football with us as we, uh, yeah, we're here on the porch because the Fan Cave 2.0 is still uh, in limbo until we sell this thing. Yeah, well, but in the meantime, we're just bringing more of your shit from the garage <laughs> out here. So we will eventually have the full Fan Cave right out here in the corner of this porch until we get this bad boy sold, which may up the value. It absolutely will up the value. It's yeah. cur curb appeal. That's what, the, what the kids call it. That's what the kids call it, curb appeal. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, hopefully we'll get this thing sold soon. We've got the new place locked and loaded, ready to go, ready to start building on it. We're just uh, got to move on from this thing first. But anyways, you don't want to hear me talk about that. You want to hear us talk about the Raiders because, you know, according to YouTube comment guy every yeah. once in a while, yeah. you guys will talk enough about the Raiders. Well, let's, before we talk about the Raiders. Yeah. Okay. Before we do that. Okay. So, uh, so I just want to be on record to say that I might be the first person in podcast history to get hurt. It's, we've had the, there's a, been a training camp injury. There's been a training camp injury. Absolutely. So, you know, so now that this house is, I, I, I almost blame you. We should. Just a little. Oh, it kind of is. It kind of is my fault indirectly. I know indirectly you're a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So, so if you missed us last week, we were live from Dominico's on the square in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. So we wrap up the show, raise a ton of money for the One Nation Foundation, all that stuff. We get everything loaded up into the into the big crate that we have that holds all of our audio, our video, all that stuff. We get it loaded up, and this box is probably what 100 pounds. Oh, easily. It's, it's heavy. Maybe it maybe a little more than that. Yeah, Definitely, you'd have to pay extra on Southwest it's, for this thing. Oh, I, I do. Uh, like, uh, yeah. Because it's yeah. got all the mic stand bases in it that are heavy. It's got there. all yeah. that, yeah. Well, old Billy Badass right here decided I'd go, oh, well, I can lift that thing up into my high truck. So I slam it up there, and I hyperextend my elbow, and I tore the tendon that holds my bicep down. So, uh, so yeah. So maybe the first person in podcast history to get hurt off the job on uh, job well, adjacent. Usually your injuries are at the hands of Uncle Mosh. Exactly. This is the first time we've had an equipment accident. Absolutely. Yeah. All the times that I was afraid for my life that Uncle Mosh would beat me within an inch of my life, it was my own doing. Yeah. yeah that yeah. was my true downfall. Oh. So, yeah. So, I'll be having surgery on Friday. So, uh, so we'll yeah. We'll see El so. Swaggo in a hard cast here. That's it. Yeah. I'll, I'll get Murph and Michelle to, 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 to sign, to sign yeah. my cast. Hey, tease and peace for your own. Yeah. 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 Oh, thanks, yeah. man. Tease thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> there we go. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, that is the voice of an angel. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> I just love playing with this. <laughs> hey. There's going to be a lot of that. Well, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so we better start talking about the Raiders. No kidding. That's right. Absolutely. So let's get to talking about the Raiders. Um, 
got a lot to get into. We got a lot of, uh, of Raider talk to get to. As there's been a ton of news coming out. Yes. With uh, not only we have the OTAs, we just talked a little bit about that already, but we got mandatory minicamp going on uh, with only one absence, and uh, we're going to talk about that. Um, so as we jump into the Raider talk, uh, first off, I want to reflect back yesterday. So here at the top of the show. We don't do shout-outs. We don't do props. There's nothing wrong with those things, but we're Italian. We like to give a little bit of respect. Absolutely. I want to give respect to my guy, Scott Gilbranson. Thank you, Scott. Yes. Yes. Scott, you're the best. Uh, Scott invited me to come on the Silver and Black Today show yesterday as part of the Fan Summit and uh, and had an absolute great time talking to Scott. Such a good show. Well, thanks, man. It was it was so fun. Scott's so gracious to, to welcome me on to Silver and Black today and uh, we're going to be joining those guys live again um, after every Raider game. Yes. Uh, we'll join them, including the Raiders preseason game that you and I are going to be go. at. We're going to yes. be at the Raiders preseason game against the freaking Niners. Uh, we're going to be down there celebrating what the Raider dad folks are doing, speaking of respect. Yep. Um, our One Nation Foundation, which is what you guys support so generously with your donations. Um, our One Nation Foundation is supporting the Raider dad outing to the to the Niner game and uh, so we want to go out there because we want to we want to see it in action absolutely we want to meet Josh uh, the, the guy that runs the place we want to see get a chance to meet him uh, in person for uh, finally uh, and then also just see the kids man want to see the absolutely. kids and celebrate with the kids and and uh, you know just be there for that experience and support them and lift them up however we possibly can absolutely um, so definitely look for us to be out there for that so much respect to um, to Josh but go back to Scott originally um, I want to give respect to Scott because he's got a pretty big platform, man. You know, that they're legacy media. Like, they're, they're real-world journalists. They're not, you know, chumps on the porch. Right. And so for them to give us a voice and to give a platform to the One Nation Foundation, Raiders Fan Radio, in that fashion is incredibly kind and generous for Scott to do that. And he's just a blast to hang out with and talk to. Just a good he's guy. He's becoming a real good friend of ours, man. Absolutely. You know, and uh, so I really got a lot of respect for him. And so thank you again to Scott Gobranson for, for hosting me yesterday. Absolutely. So speaking of, so speaking of Raider Dad, so uh, so I talked to uh, Josh, the guy that runs Raider Dad. Yeah, okay. All that stuff. So, uh, so they made patches. They've made some patches, cool. so 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 definitely hit up Raider Dad on Twitter if you want one of those. They're sending us a few of those, so uh, so we may have a couple to throw on our jerseys here, and then they're going to send us a few extras. So maybe for a summer of swag thing, maybe some of our secondary prizes we'll send a patch Very cool. as well. So then, speaking of the summer of swag and the One Nation Foundation, all that stuff. So tune in the next live show. So it'll be a week from today, right? Yeah, it'll be a so, twenty-four hour, or not twenty-four hours. Seven days from now. So, yeah, hey, what happened there? Yeah, I don't know. Jeez, but yeah, so, so, so seven, seven days from now, <laughs> seven days from now, I will be in a hard cast, but I'll also be rocking the poker chips, man, yeah, because yeah, we yeah. are going to be uh, the summer of swag. Injured or not, uh, the show has to go and on. We might even do a live show right here from the porch. Man, why not? Why not? Why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, because because it's all about the One Nation Foundation. Right. We're raising money for that. And so next week, seven days from now, you're going to want to tune in because you're going to have a chance to win this bad boy. Ooh. This signed away Rich Gannon jersey. So so you know the drill. Every $10 donation next week will get you one poker chip. If you want to do it early, onenationfoundation.net. Uh, hit the PayPal, send us an email, let you know that you did that, and then we'll give you poker chips and all that stuff. And that uh, that will give the audio people a chance to get in the mix, and it will also uh, let us keep 100% of that money. So yeah. Google won't take their cut on that. So definitely get in the mix a week from today on that. Awesome, man. Yeah, definitely. America, go to the YouTube right now. That's right. RaidersFanRadio.com. Or no, YouTube.com slash RaidersFanRadio. Or you can go to RaidersFanRadio.com too. You can go there and you can get 
cool old school shirts like the Tales from the Nation shirt that yes. Jeff's wearing. Uh, and uh, any other RFR merch that we have. Heck yeah. We have shirts with this logo on there oh, inspired badass. by Van Halen. Um, so anyways, and then 100% of the money that, that we get there as well goes to the One Nation Foundation to support Raiders-related charities like Raider Dad. All right. All right. Let's hit a break. Okay. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Max Crosby from the Oakland Raiders. And goes down, and Max Crosby, who forced a fumble last week. You're listening to Murph, Mosh, and Swag Jeff on Raiders Fan Radio. Thank you so much. Just win, baby. You're welcome, Max Crosby. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you, Max. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love about that soundbite? What's it's that? A, it's Max Crosby with the, the Oakland, Oakland Raiders. Raiders. That's yeah, it. I love that. That's it. I love that. Before, before Max was Max. Before Max was Max, he's man. A, I mean, he's the face of our team, him and Devontae now. Oh, for sure. You know sure. what I mean? The absolute for sure. fa- face of the Raiders. Yep. But, yeah, we got other news. We got, oh, a new shit's come to light? A new shit has come to light, bro. So speaking of the face of the Raiders, okay. we want to get over, uh, we're going to call this the controversy portion of Raiders Fan Radio. Let's go we're ahead gonna, and get it out of the way. Let's going to get it out of the way. We've got a couple of controversies that are going on. I think the controversies are more fan-led okay. than team-led. But I will take the fan perspective. Okay. We didn't even plan this. Was was a little point counterpoint. Deal. I will take the fan perspective. You will take the team perspective okay. on these two controversies. Okay. Okay, ready? All right. We signed a quarterback with a broken foot. Yes, Al Davis once upon a time drafted a punter with a broken foot, and the guy went to the Hall of Fame. But this is a quarterback with a history of uh, of injury. A history of not being able to put together a full season. If the Raiders need anything, we need consistency at the most important position in all of team sports, especially when you consider the fact that we really didn't do a ton to address maybe the rest of the quarterback room, unless we're counting on young AOC4, which who seems like a fine guy and throwing some nice passes in shirts and shorts. But does that provide a lot of certainty to us as Raider Nation? Bobby Hoyer certainly doesn't, and Chase Garber certainly doesn't. And as we know now, the likelihood of Thomas L. Brady marching his way down and that that beautiful, you know, imagery that I had in my mind of him coming down out of the, you know, the owner's box, a la Ric Flair, shedding the robe and taking the field, likely isn't going to happen. Tom has come out on numerous occasions now and said, I'm not playing. Like, it's, it's a done deal. Like, I don't mind flying into town for the weekend to go to games, but committing to be part of a football team is a completely different story, and I'm focused on my family. So Tom Brady ain't going to happen. So I, I think we could throw all that out the window. So with this uncertainty, with all this, this is, um, again, I'm taking the, I'm taking yeah. the negative yeah, 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 yeah. perspective. Yeah. This isn't even necessarily my opinion. This is just what we are hearing a lot right now. Why in the hell didn't we do something more aggressive why is it that the, the organization is choosing to put faith in a guy that has not a good track record? And if the, we don't have a healthy Jimmy G come week one, we may not win a game. We may not win four games this year. And that's not a total indictment on, on, on O'Connell. Maybe he comes out and he lights up the world as a fourth-round draft pick. I don't know. You don't see fourth-round draft pick quarterbacks coming out and doing that very often unless you're Brock Purdy last year who was a complete freaking like unicorn. An, an, term, an anomaly, yeah. An anomaly, right? So, anyways, Swag Jeff, that's the fan stance. Tell me what no. the team is telling us. What's what's your opinion? Well, Swag Jeff is just you know I I, I was employed by the Raiders and they taught they told me about this. So uh, <laughs> moved you the front off after uh, you have to be busted up your uh, arm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. But you couldn't uh, go on game day. Either. That's like, it, man. Yeah. I'm like I'm like Tom Brady. You're like in Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'll just I'll just buy the team. Yeah. <laughs> now that I can't play for him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but you know, uh, th- 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 this was never a concern. They knew all this going in. 
They knew all this going in. And had they been concerned about this, they would have done something different. The end. These guys are way more smart than we are. You know, yes, sometimes, you know, we can view Josh McDaniels as a clown and we've seen the memes, we've seen the gifts, we've seen all that stuff that the fans have done. But here in the front office of the Las Vegas Raiders, we're not concerned about that because we would have made other arrangements had this really been a major concern. No one seems concerned about this. And we put that addendum into the contract but that was just a smart move by the Raiders. This was not to throw up red flags. This was not to let half a Raider Nation stroke out because of this. It was just a strategic move to say, hey, just in case, like, we're not on the hook for all this stuff. But everyone's confident in it. No one's worried about it because, you know, they knew the details of what the surgery was going to be. You know, yes, we signed him to a deal and then sent him to the to the OR or whatever to get to get surgery done, all that stuff. But they knew what was what they were getting into. And, you know, and not to mention that Josh McDaniels, we, you know, we talked about, you know, you know, having assurance in the quarterback position or whatever. That's his guy. That's his guy. That's his guy. And if you're a fan of the team, that needs to be your guy too. Yeah. This, you know, this notion of, oh, well, we screwed up. Oh, it's a lateral move. Oh, it's this. Oh, why do we sign a guy when he has to have surgery? Oh, why do we have to sign a guy that's always hurt? You know, I mean, he still has more wins than the last quarterback. Ooh. Still has more wins than the last quarterback, and he was hurt, or, and Derek may not have been hurt that often, but would you rather have a guy that is hurt sometimes and when he does play, he wins? Or a guy that never gets hurt and most times loses. I mean, like, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it is. And Josh McDaniels, he shifted, and we're going to talk about it a little bit, their press conferences and the stuff they talked about, they've reshifted and they've gotten more comfortable with each other. And they brought in a guy that they're comfortable with and that has a proven track record. And yes, that guy's defense helps an awful lot. But Jimmy G doesn't play defense, he plays offense. And, you know, and he was successful on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, so. and it's funny, and then and I hear some of the people will say they're like, "We well, was that Shanahan system." Well, what is it? Josh McDaniels has a system too. Right. Like if he's a guy that's going to thrive in a system, well, okay. Yeah. And the and the other thing we know about Jimmy G too is that like, and look, and this is you know I I, I I'm so like tiptoey around even bringing up Derek anymore because freaking half of Twitter yells at me. Um, but the bottom line, and we've heard this off the record from notable sources, okay. Um, whatever, that's not me trying to front or pretend like we're connected or something. It's just, that's the truth. Yep. We heard this off the record. And now we've also heard it through veiled comments that came out of content day through from Andre James, where they weren't even direct shots at Derek, but it was the whole idea and concept that the quarterback that was there before did not embrace the system in the way that they wanted him to and he checked out and changed a lot of things at the line of scrimmage that pissed them off. Right. And it pissed off other members of the team that on the offense because they were getting put into positions a la running the football on a 100%. play where they didn't want to be, shouldn't have been running the football and got blown up for losses and turned around and looked at their QB going like, why did you put, put us into that damn thing? Right. So there was a lot of things on there that, you know, that stuff isn't on the surface. Absolutely you know not. I mean? Well, a Vegas term, what, what do they say? Scared money don't make money. And, you know, say what you want about our current situation. I don't think these guys are going to play scared. No, these guys not. know how to run the system. They know how to do it. And they're not going to play a victim. They're not going to do something. They're not going to put the team in harm's way and 
that's a blessing. Absolutely. You know, Jimmy's going to go out there. He's, he knows what the checks, everything that's in this offense. For This is what Andre James said, is that in Gruden's system, it was in terms of like the pass protections and the mic checks, where a lot of that was on the center. And Andre James said, you know, now it's all of it's, most all of it's on the quarterback. So you're, there's a significant responsibility shift that happened in this offense versus the last one. And they didn't care for what they saw. So what they did was they went after, to your point, they went after and they got a guy that they were comfortable with that does embrace the system and they know it can execute it. So listen, man, I, I, I think Jimmy G's the right call. I, but I totally, though, at the same time, like I say before, but when, you, when, you're, when you're critical of the Raiders, it's easy because as long as they suck, then people that are critical of right. them are right. Until Jimmy G proves that he can be healthy and be productive for a long period of time, every single critic is right. Absolutely. All of you are right. Absolutely. And there's nothing that we can do here in June to, to push back on that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Well, and, like, and in the same fashion, you could say that, you know, kind of what we talked about on last week's show, that, you know... Uh, knowing all of the things that might happen, Jimmy G might get hurt. Why did we go all in on a guy that we don't know if he's going to be successful, if he's even going to play, you know, to push all your chips in and go all in on a guy. Why was Jimmy Garoppolo that guy? You know, you might push all your chips in for Tom Brady, for uh, Aaron Rodgers, for a name other vet guy sure, or, or, sure. or, you know, kind of an iffy kind of guy. Why, why is it that Jimmy G's that guy? Because Jimmy G is is Josh McDaniel's guy. The end. The way that we feel and the way that you know fans in general feel about certain veterans, you know, longtime greats, you know, stuff like that. That's kind of what Josh McDaniels feels about Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, he might have been, you know, I mean, to him, he was the one that got away. You know, I think he probably would have loved to keep Jimmy Garoppolo around longer in New England. Well, and I think you know, that, I mean and there was, I mean, if we think back too, there was a lot of speculation around whether they would move on from Tom like right for like three years before they moved on from Tom and that because Jimmy G was the guy that was gonna you know pull up for that spot mm -hmm. so that's that's interesting I mean but Tom is Tom and they just you know whatever but so but that's a good point though I'm with yeah. you I'm, I'm with you I don't think that I think if I don't know it'd be interesting to, to hear Josh McDaniels on that I wonder if at what point he was ready to move on from Tom versus Bill like, I wonder if there was any, because Bill's the one that makes the call, right? So right. I wonder if there was any conversations there if Jimmy was, or if uh, Josh McDaniels was kind of like, you know what, like, this is the guy of the next, you know what I mean? The yeah. next one to take the reins, let's move on with him. Yeah. And, you know, and if you think about it, if of course, there's a lot of injury issues, and I'm not trying to sit here and talk about the Patriots, but if they would have hung on to him and let Tom go, think about how much better the Patriots situation would be now. Now. Versus, or, and for the past Absolutely. handful of years since Tom's been gone. I don't mm -hmm. know, that's interesting to think about. Anyways, but let's move on from that. Um, okay, here we go. One more, one more uh, controversial point. Sure. I'm the fan, Jeff. Okay. J uh, Josh Jacobs is boycotting training camp. This idea that he hasn't signed his tenure and uh, and it's no big deal that he's not there is a complete cover up. Um, he's boycotting. He's pissed off. He's going to demand a trade. He's probably not going to be a Raider. Um, let's see what else. What other extremist sky is falling opinions have I heard out there? Um, that this is an it's, a, it's an embarrassment to the organization. Um, he did the right thing because they didn't pick up his fifth year option, and he all he did in response was go out there and lead the league in rushing yards. And the Raiders are being disrespectful by not offering him a lengthy contract to honor what he did last year. 
yeah. You know, I, I feel like I just threw up in my mouth. A yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, and sometimes I, I want to jump in as a fan, but you know, I am a part of the front office. Yeah. Um, so, so it's tough for me to do that. But you know, Josh Jacobs has until July. We're not concerned. We're not concerned. I've talked to Josh McDaniels. He is not concerned. He had a press conference yesterday. He's proud of Josh. He loves Josh as a person. He loves him as a, as a running back. And he cannot wait to see him back in the facility. They're doing the right thing. They're talking. They're working things out. And whether he signs that tender this year and then he gets his bag next year, whatever, no one's concerned about this. And we saw Josh Jacobs make a post when he changed his number. Now, So now he's JJ8. He wasn't rocking an Alabama jersey. He wasn't rocking a, you know, whatever jersey. He posted a picture of him in a Las Vegas Raiders uniform. He good. Yeah. He good. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, yeah. He's, he may be boycotting as some fan, but it's not boycotting. He's just not he there yet. He can't be there because he's the only Raider that's not under contract right now. There'd be no reason for him to be there. He legally couldn't do anything there. That's the thing that cracks me up about That would be like you or I walking into the facility and people pissed off because we're not practicing with the team. Because we're not under contract with the Raiders. <laughs> yes. They Actually, they're not liable to do that. I mean, we could sue them if we got hurt on, you know, you know what I mean? It's, well, it's, it's funny because I think a lot of people... Sorry, are, my fandom came out a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> boy, you're awful, awful passionate there and emotional know, right? for, for a front office person. For a front office guy. Um, but no, I think it's interesting that like, I think that some folks are mistakenly considering this like a training camp holdout where I'm not going to show up because I'm unhappy. That's not the case. This isn't Le'Veon Bell. He's not under a contract and want to restructure it so he's not going. Mm -hmm. He hasn't signed his tender. He's technically not under contract, and since he's technically not under contract, he can't be there, but the Raiders retain the rights to that contract, so he can't go anywhere else either. Right. So at a certain point, Josh Jacobs is going to have to decide, do I want to show up and play football for Las Vegas Raiders when I, when I have to and accept the deal that I've been given and sign the tender, or do I want to stay at the house? And if he stays at the house, the Raiders still retain his rights. Right. It's the that's what the franchise tag is. And he couldn't play anywhere through the course of the season, you know, and you know, say what you will about, you know, I mean, first off, ten million dollars is is nothing to stick your nose up at. I mean, I think that's a very fair number uh for him to get paid this next season. You know, I mean I think Isn't if, it twelve? I thought he was twelve. Or, or maybe it is twelve. Okay. Even better. Even better. The non exclusive was because he got the non-exclusive tag? He got the non-exclusive. Yeah, I guess the exclusive tag would have been 10. The non-exclusive is 12 or whatever that number is. I don't remember which one but it, it was. But it, like, it's maybe like really... Because the Raiders, he's, he can negotiate with other teams and the Raiders have the right to match that offer. They have the, the right to match it or to let him or walk let him to that other team. But the Raiders two get two first-round picks, yeah. you know, which no Man. team is going to do that for a guy like Josh Jacobs. Sorry. I don't think they would do it for any running back in the league because unfortunately for running backs, the market's just... Just not there. You're not doing that for any any non-quarterback. Right. I mean, and you know, you I mean, know? you know, I think I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I wish that the running back market was more for the running backs because the running back bad for the running yeah. back position is such an important position in the league and you only see a handful of teams that really nail it and you know, knock it out of the park. And the Raiders are one of those teams, you know, but the market for running backs just isn't there right now. And the teams the all other Raiders hold all the cards in that. So if Josh Jacobs decides I don't want to play ball, 
you're also losing a year of your career, and now the Raiders hold even more of those cards. Be like, bro, like, what are you doing? Like, okay, go waste a year of your career, and you only have oh, a your couple. Prime, because because yeah. I mean, say, yeah, absolutely. Well, but yeah, and look, because look what start. happened. Look what happened to Le'Veon Bell. You brought that guy up. He held out. He wanted more money. He ended up sitting out the whole year. And what did he do? He came back the next year all fat and shit, and like just was not very good. And is I mean, what's he doing now? Oh, he's like four string. Time, he was, well, no, he played for the Chiefs like a couple years ago and was like riding the bench. Like wasn't like a starter or anything. Oh, I figured he was long out of the league. Or no, something a now. couple years ago. I mean, it was like last he's year. Be in or his something 30s. Like that. He's got to be your age. No, I know yeah, he's a little younger dude. than that. I think. I don't know. We had to look that up. Yeah. yeah it doesn't matter because I don't anyway, like them. But, but, point, but point being, on, and I think it's a critical point, is that the whole reason that running backs are in this position to begin with is because their shelf life of, of, of you know, of, yes. of being effective is so short. It's like, what, four to six years, maybe yeah. seven times? Yeah, probably six or seven of, at or a high level. At you a know? high level. So, I mean, there, it's to get that second contract, which is what the whole, like, it's, you know, it's like, um, I don't know why I keep bringing up presidents here lately, but like, it's like a president that gets elected, like they, their first term is to bank on getting elected for the second term, right? It's like these rookie contracts now, these guys are trying to earn that second contract. It's like everything they do in that first four or five years is to get that bag for that second contract. Right. Because that's where you really can, can make money, you know, but when you look at, a, at running backs... Heck, their value is almost gone by the time you get to that fifth year option. By Absolutely. the time you get to the end of that thing, yeah. their 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 playing value is starting to decline. And right. so it's a very unfortunate scenario. And until the players association steps forward and says, Hey, look, we need to change this, the running backs are being treated unfairly. Unfortunately, that's just the nature of the beast. And Josh Jacobs may fall victim to that. And, you know, but you know, or you can just take your $12 million and you can come back and play and, you know, give the Raiders an opportunity to maybe free up some more money, maybe next off season. And then we'll give you a couple year bag. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you yeah. know, like help us help you. And I think at the end of the day, I'm, I feel very confident that that's going to happen. I think it's going to be done. Yeah. It's going to be done. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and hit a break swag, Jeff. Then let's get into some content today. Nobody enjoyed a good Donnybrook more than sixth year linebacker, Phil Villapiano. And you know, speaking of speaking of Phil, right? So, so we're about to talk about media day. Yeah, and you know what though? Let's just go ahead and jump into the thing we were talking about pregame here, that, in relation to Phil Villapiano. Oh, are you going to bring up something completely different? Uh, I don't know. You why. go. I'll, I'll okay. Well, I'm just. Off. I just yeah. thought it was so cool because the first two clips that I just played was Max Crosby and Phil Villapiano. I think it's really cool that you know not only has Max Crosby become the face of this franchise basically and will be for a long, long time, um, but the reverence that Max Crosby has for the the legends that come back for these alumni days and all this kind of stuff. I think it's really, really, really cool because Max. Like so, they they're show, shooting this video right, and it's bouncing all over Twitter and stuff like that. So you, I'm, it, you, I'm sure everyone has probably seen it already. But they're talking to they're talking to Phil, right? So they got the camera on Phil, and Max comes running over, and Phil's like, "Hey, baby, come over here, man. Hey, buddy, hey, buddy." And like Max is like, "Man, I'll never forget my rookie year. Like you coming in and talking and what, like changed my mindset. Like changed the way I play this game, and you know, and taught me what it meant to be a Raider and stuff like that. Like." I mean, what more do you want from that? That's so badass. It's so badass. I was Scott and I talked a little bit about that on the Silver and Black Today show about how, 
you know, the the mystique of the Raiders and everything that was built that made them such a unique franchise, made us the villains of the leagues and the, the edginess and the, all the things that Al Davis created, um, you can't duplicate that in 2023. You just right. can't because the rules are different. Everything about the game is, is not everything about the game, but a lot about... Oops. Jeff scared a bird, so... <laughs> everything about the... No, I said everything again. A lot about the game has changed and shifted, so you can't take on that villainous persona in the same way. But I would love to see the this new young group of Raiders, not only guys like Max Crosby, obviously, who are already doing this, but the rest of the guys that are coming in and being part of the organization, too, for them to be able to embrace what the Raiders were and bring some of that for whatever that can look like in 2023. You know, um, seeing Max chop it up with Greg Townsend was super cool because you know Max is chasing after that record. Absolutely. You know, and just like, and you know, they, they, obviously Art Shell was there. Uh, Ted Hendricks was there. Um, so, I mean, Plunkett was there and Blitnikoff, the legend. I mean, there's so many amazing players. Mike Haynes, I believe, was there. Um, so many amazing legends were there. And, and, and I hope that these young guys, you know, and the Raiders have always done this. This isn't like yeah. a, a new thing for them to bring in alumni. They've always, I mean, they bet, the Raiders honor their past and their legends better than anybody in, Absolutely. in, in the uh, well, sport. One of the highlights right there that you talk about, you're naming all those players. Talk about Michael Mayer standing next to Dave Casper. Oh. Talking right there, chopping it up. The two guys, the two Notre Dame grads and all that stuff. And Michael Mayer's making these videos going, so proud to rock this 87 for Raider Nation, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, he gets it. He gets it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. So I, I really, I'm going to look forward to that because, you know, again, we, I talked about this with Scott. We don't know what the hallmark of this team is going to be yet. We know what Gruden's hallmark was. We know what his kind of stamp on the organization is. Right now, can you tell the story of the Raiders and not tell the story of Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, and this, and this regime? Right now, you, you don't have to tell their story because it's not all very significant to this point. I think that front office-wise... Yes, I'm, and so I guess you can maybe include Dave in that, although Dave's still got a long way to go before we, we really can, can do, a, um, I think, a fair job of evaluating what his tenure has been with the Raiders. Um, but early on, seeing what Sandra Douglas Morgan has brought to the organization, I think is that is huge, and, and her significance to um, you know, the leadership that she's brought to the Raiders already, I think that's a very definitive moment in the in the history of the franchise. Yes. So you already have to tell that story. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, but but where is it in terms of the players and these coaches and whatnot? We haven't we haven't gotten there yet, and so we'll see what they what, what it looks like. But I'm gonna trust that, and I'm gonna hope that they can again glean from these guys, the legends, whatever they can to be able to impart that in any kind of a way. And so yeah, and can I tag that? Yeah, please. Can please, I tag please, that? Yeah. yeah. So and and I, I thought it was really interesting that you said that and you know, you know, cuz cuz you talked about kind of what we talked with Fred about is, you know, yes, we painted these lines, now go paint your own. Now go paint you your know, own. we we gave you the blueprint, now you create your version of that. And I think that that's really important. And so yes, right now the Dave Ziegler Josh McDaniel story isn't imperative when you talk about the Raiders history, but they're trying to create their own version of it. And I think it's really crucial. We heard Devontae Adams a couple weeks ago in his presser talk about how, you know, the great career that he's had, he's, you know, you know, was with the Packers for a long time and all that stuff. But he said that this season feels different than anything because this front office, he said he's never had the relationship with the front oh, office yeah. mm -hmm. the way that he's had. He, he hasn't had coaches, GMs, front office people come to him for his opinion on things. So the front office is really using these 
you know, you know, veteran guys, these, you know, skill players, these guys that are important to the league. Because right now you can't tell the the story of the NFL without talking about Devontae Adams. Absolutely. One of the best, you know, wide receivers to do it. So, you know, so you look at it, they're looking at a guy like him that goes, hey, what do you think we should do here? What, how, you know, where do you think the team needs to go? Stuff like that. So, like... They're building the new legacy of the Raiders by committee and by the people that are actually got their boots on the ground. And I think that that's so badass. And I think they do that with Max and a couple of those other guys, too, because like they're really building what is this new Raiders going to look yeah, like? And they're building it together. And I, it, I'm, I'm super excited about yeah, it. Yeah, I dig it. That's a good point, Swago. Um, so, okay, so speaking of some of these young guys that are coming in, um, and we're going to get to content day, but I want to take a little bit of a divergent because we... we we were uh, talking about Phil Villapiano, um, piano. I always say piano because that's what I said growing up, but it's piano. Talk about Phil Villapiano and, um, of course, wore the number 41, which you don't see a lot of players wearing number 41. Phil rocked that 41, though, man, in silver and black and, and, and uh, was such an amazing Raider. Um, really brought so much attitude. You know, of course, of course, you know, the freaking the Soul Patrol was the identity, really, of those Raider defenses. Um, you know, but uh, Phil Villapiano was a huge part of that, and he was, like, one of the first players to be, like, a hybrid safety linebacker. Like, he, I, I think by position designation, he was a linebacker, but he was, you know, he was a smaller frame guy, you know, played a lot further off the ball. Like, you know, you think about the interceptions that guy made, but at the same time, he could come up and lay wood, you know what I mean, and force fumbles and, like, you know, like he did so famously in the Super Bowl. You know, so um, a guy like Phil Villapiano um, really it was, was, uh, was iconic to those Raider defenses. So Swag, Jeff, and I, before we started today, we were talking about some of the young players coming in. And we were really digging in on this whole linebacker situation because a lot of the, again, if we want to go back point, counterpoint, common, I think, or not common per se, but I'd say a, a very um, widespread fan opinion right now. Totally. Is we didn't do enough at linebacker. Like, we just hadn't done enough at linebacker. Why haven't we traded for Patrick Queen? Why haven't we done something to address um, what our needs is clear deficit at linebacker sure. that frankly we've had since Kirk Morris and Thomas Howard and, and Robert Thomas were around. Right. We've had a major deficit at and linebacker. And then when we do have flashes in the pan like a Denzel Perryman, then see you yeah, bye. Yeah, he's gone. You know, he's yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, so we really hadn't done a ton over, I mean, forever. I mean, other than drafting Rolando McClain, and that didn't work out so hot. Um, so anyways, they really hadn't done a lot. Um I think now, though, after, and this is me maybe just drinking the Kool-Aid, and if that's what your opinion is, then let us know. But I think after watching this content day, watching these press conferences, actually doing a little bit of homework on some of these players that we, they've brought in to play linebacker, I think they're set, I think they're happy, and I think we are way underrating the value uh, and the impact that these young players that we have brought in are going to have. Talking about 41, I'm talking about, I call him Mickey Spillane because uh, I'm that old, but, um, <laughs> but Robert Spillane comes in from the Steelers, wears 41, looks like freaking Phil Villapiano when you watch the way he plays. Yes. He plays a little bit of outside linebacker, but he'll play off the ball. The guy can play great in coverage. He's got picks. I mean, he can come up, and we know he can come up and hit because he looked what he did to Brandon Bolden in the game last year yeah. against Pittsburgh. Like we've seen highlights his... of him putting Derrick Henry right on his back, which is no easy feat. Absolutely, dude. Like go out, go watch Robert Spillane's highlight reel. 
he, I'm telling you, the guy can scrape across the line of scrimmage, dart in there. The guy reads. He's incredibly intuitive. Like, this was a great signing. And originally, everyone's thinking, well, this is going to be our middle linebacker. Because, as Josh McDaniels was saying in his press conference, that, um, uh, or no, excuse me, Dave Ziegler in the, during content day was talking about Spillane wearing the green dot, which is, we know, the signal caller on the defense. Right. Well, then Josh McDaniels says it's Divine Diablo who, by the way, put on 10 extra pounds of muscle and is a freaking beast. And I think he's going to be the freaking star of our defense this year. I'm calling it right now. Love it. What, what day is it today? Mark it down. Divine Diablo is going to be our MVP of our defense this year. Dude, and so McDaniels was talking about him wearing the green dot. Yep. I don't even think they know which one of these two guys is going to be it, but I would bank on Diablo. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, we've got a, a, a few other young guys, yeah. uh, like Amari Bernie, who we drafted to come in. Yes. But also a, another incredibly uh, underrated player that I wasn't really hip to until Jeff brought it up earlier today. Dig in a little bit on Drake Thomas, linebacker out of NC State. The knock against him in college was that he was a little slow in pursuit and he was undersized. When we looked the guy up, he's six foot, 230 pounds. Right. It's like most linebackers around the league. Like he's in the 630 range and yeah. he's in the six foot range. Yeah, he looks like Will Compton running around he out there. He looks like Will Compton running around out there. Um, last year, the guy had 101 tackles, 19 of those for loss, and seven and a half sacks. Because, oh yeah, he can blitz too. Um, and in his career at, at NC State, 293 tackles, 46 tackles for loss, 19 sacks, Four picks and 13 passes defended. This dude is freaking legit on the outside. So your number one and your number two, Jeff, are going to be freaking Diablo and Spillane. The rest of these young guys are going to fill back in around there. Yep. And bro, and then oh, and by the way, we got Nate Hobbs to play the corner because a lot of when you, they're going to be a nickel more than anything. And when you watch that Steeler defense, when you watch the cutups of Spillane, there's only two linebackers back there. Oh yeah. It's basically like a three-four set. Like that other linebacker's playing down the line of scrimmage. Yep. So he's just standing up back there. So him and Diablo are going to be standing up out there, and or even if they have an, uh, another linebacker that's down rushing the passer, if they're in more of a nickel situation, and that's Hobbs, and they're like, yeah, okay, yeah, like this, I see it now. Now, I mean, and so I think that we have way underrated and underestimated their ability to address not only the defense as a whole, because when you listen to them a content day. They're happy with Jerry Tillery. They're happy with the development of Matt Butler. They're happy with the, with the development of the interior of the offensive line. Oh, yeah, we drafted Tyree Wilson to rotate in and out with Chandler and Max and to get our to get keep fresh legs on our pass rush going the whole time. Yeah. Marcus Epps is going to be wearing the green dot. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a leader on this on this defense. Yeah. We know what our I mean, I, I mean, the good get the guys who brought in the second. I forgot to bring my, my depth chart right now, but like they're happy. With what they've done, they're not going to make any major changes. Absolutely. And I think that, like, out of all the position groups, linebacker was the biggest one that I'm guilty of, and I think a lot of Raider fans are guilty of looking at it and going, well, shit, we didn't do anything. Well, no, we did a lot, and when you dig into what we did, right. there's a lot of good news in there. Well, I feel like, you know, yeah, and I, and I agree with that. You know, I think the common theme, it seems like, with this team right now is getting their guys, guys that they feel like fit into their scheme. You know, so you bring in a guy like Spillane, you bring in undrafted free agents like uh, like like Thomas and, and stuff like that, but if, I feel like a lot of them, they're, the common theme right here is, yeah, maybe they're a tiny bit undersized or whatever, which I think that that's bullshit anyway, because, you know, I mean... So is Darren Sproles. 
a hundred percent. I mean, you know I mean, there's there's, so there's a billion players in the league that you can name that like didn't have the best. You know, they're not the cookie cutter version of who whatever draft analyst says sh it should be or whatever. But like, I feel like the common theme with a lot of these guys is they're dogs, man. And that yeah. and and I'm all about bringing in those kind of guys like that. You know, everyone talked about oh Nate Hobbs. Oh, he's he's got that dog in him. He's got that dog in him. When we look at Dean Thomas, that guy's got dog in him, bro. Drake Thomas. Or Drake Thomas, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like, you look at a guy like that and Spillane, I mean, obviously that dude's a freaking hard hitter, but we saw, I mean, we watched highlights of him today, like covering tight ends and like covering them well. well. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, you know, so I mean, so I'm like, and you know, we're watching them like, wow, I see that, on, a, you know, play one-on-one -on -one versus Kelsey or something like that, you know? They're bringing in guys that this team needs in situational football. And then to tag kind of what you said about the green dot, I think it's a beautiful thing that they're not sure who's going to wear the green dot because they're going to rotate it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you need to have a bunch of guys on the field that is ready to wear that green dot because the more leaders you have on that field on defense, the better off you're going to be because what happens when, you know, knock on wood, Divine Diablo goes down again or, or you know, or whatever, that's and what he's wearing the dot, like, you know. I that's mean, what happened to our boy Compton because Taylor Whitehead was our guy that, okay, yes. so there you go, was another guy. We tried to bring in a linebacker, a middle linebacker to shore up the defense. Didn't work out so much. You know, of course, he bowed through a little bit of injury and whatnot too, but, but Comp was there to pick right up and just yeah. handle it. And it was such a, you know, and, and, and this is not just sit around here and, 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 and blow smoke about Will Compton, but if you look at that season, I think it's an incredibly salient point that you're making, Jeff, because at the time that Tyre Whitehead went down and Comp stepped in and wore that green dot, he was the Raiders' leading tackler for those in nine games. In half the season. In yeah. half the season. Yeah. Like, he had a huge impact, and so it was massive to have depth to that, of having that ability of guys that... Not only do you have two linebackers that were hearing it, but now again, Marcus Epps wearing that green dot. So we have three guys effectively that can right. run the defense. A hundred percent, man. The more fantastic. leaders that you have that can help some of these young guys get them in the right place, do all that stuff. Because yeah, if one goes down, next next one steps up, and you don't miss a beat in any yeah. of the stuff. And I think that that's really good too. And I think it's really good that that uh, the divine feels the confidence from the coaching staff as well. You know, Diablo. I mean, they're all in on on Diablo, man. Like they're all in. Like uh, they talked about yesterday in the press conference with McDaniel's. You know, what's your thought about Diablo wearing the green dot? And Josh is like. I'm very fond of him. I really, really like him and stuff like that. And, you know, and kind of compared like to where he was last year to where he is this year, he was like, you know, there were some young guys. I saw him walk up to Diablo last year and ask him a question and Diablo didn't know the answer. And like, and he goes, and that's oh, a, yeah, that's a yeah, bummer. Yeah. Like when that happens, but now Diablo's like, you know, you know, directing traffic out at, at OTAs and stuff like that. So like, what a beautiful thing that is. Yeah. And so, and to tag all that to say that, you know, when, when everyone said, you know, well, we didn't address the positions enough. We didn't bring in enough people to address linebacker. You know, I think, I think coach McDaniel says something that, that I think everyone can really get behind when he said, you know, uh, getting better doesn't always come through acquisitions. We're proud of our guys, and now we have these guys that have been in the system for more than a year. You know, yeah, you can bring in guys and trade for people all day long, you know, and yeah, you might get guys that maybe on paper are better guys, but when you have guys that are in the same system for a couple years, they get better in that system. So you you could instead of instead of saying linebacker, you could say offensive line. We didn't do really shit to address the offensive line, but they're 
confident in the P in the offensive line that we have now. They're proud of a Luminor. They love Brandon Parker. You know, stuff like that. So, you know, so yeah, it doesn't always come from bringing in all these guys and then having to cut, you know, some of your tenured guys in this team, even though it's only two years. But like... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm so encouraged after these last couple days yeah. really digging in. Yeah. Like I'm, 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 I'm ready. Me I'm too. ready. Me too. Cause I'm, you know, going into this. I mean, I, even I just talking about with Scott the other day, like I was kind of pessimistic on this season, like for the first, which is rare for me. Cause I'm always the guy that looks for the, something to, to, to cheer for, to root for. But I was feeling a certain kind of way about where this thing was going. But and look at, I don't know, you could blame it on the Raiders marketing or whatever you want, but like. I'm buying in, man. I'm starting to come around on it. Um, an interesting point that you made, too, about the, the offensive line is that that was such a huge right point of contention for fans. Is that, oh, we didn't you know draft enough, or we didn't sign this person, or that person, or trade, or whatever, whatever. When you listen to Andre James in his press conference, uh, and even at content day, he is so thrilled. He's like, I go into the room... And I'm looking around, and it's our guys. It's all of our guys. It's all of our guys. He's like, this has never happened before. Yes. To where it's all the same guys there. Yes. And it's like, you know, when you hear things about, like, you know, offensive lines needing to gel and, like, continuity and all that kind of stuff, um, I think that at certain points we can overplay that. But as a collective, it's not necessarily, like, the five guys. And the guy, the person that, that, that hipped me to this um, was Taylor. Listen to Taylor talk about playing offensive line. I know he's not a Raider, but like, but the point being though is that when he, he was asked about how important is it for you to gel with your other guys, and he said, well, it's not really as important because I know what my job is, I know what that guy's job is, and if they rotate another guy out to come in and do that job, I'm going to expect that he knows how to do his job too. If anything, the the continuity comes from being able to communicate up and down the line. Yes. Like, that, that's what they all have to be able to do effectively. But he's like, you know, if we're doing what we're doing in, in our room, then the guys coming in and out should be plug and play. So it's not like you got to gel with the same three or five guys. But as a collective, as an eight guys, or nine or however many offensive linemen they're carrying, that's where that stuff... And you could just see the joy in Andre James's face. He's genuinely... Happy and granted, I know these are these are grown men playing a kid's game for millions of dollars, so it's not hard to be un, or not hard to be happy playing in the NFL. But you seeing that joy, that youthful glee in his absolutely in his delivery and his that awesome. That, well, it, well, take great. take take offensive linemen out and put what you do for a career. You know, are you, do you work better when you're happy or when you're just like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 I know how to do my job and, and you know, and, and, hey, and, and any professional, pay. yeah, if you're, if you're a pro, you know how to do your job and you expect the guy next to you working that he knows how to do his job. But when everyone's getting along and everyone's having fun and everyone's having a good yeah, time together yeah. and you're happy when you come into the office, like, don't you perform better? I do. I do too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. No, so I, that I think was really interesting. Um, and really happy to hear uh, that from those guys. And um, and to get back to Josh McDaniels, and then then take us to a break. We'll we'll close this thing up a little bit. Um, I guess you got one more thing we're going to talk about, and then we're going to close it up. Um, I want to give credit to Josh McDaniels. Uh, dude's under has been under a lot of fire from Raider fans. Sure, me included. Okay. Yeah. And when I've always felt that as a coach, it's egotistical. Um, to or minimum, like, I eh, know we'll just go with ego. It feeds your ego to have your system and to go into a new environment. And this is regardless of any sport, frankly, 
to go into your new environment and say, okay, now we're going to take this system and impart it here. And you, my expectation is that everybody fit into my system. And if you don't, we're going to move on from you. I've always been a fan of coaches that come in, address what they have, and then build their system to be able to take advantage of the talent that's already in the room. Because then they avoid these long rebuilding processes and whatnot. And I think that it shows a little more creativity and talent from a coaching perspective to be able to develop something that fits the personnel that you have. Um, I know people hate it when I talk about the Patriots, but no one does that better than Bill Belichick. You see that offense from the time he started winning Super Bowls with Tom Brady to today, you see their offense mold and change based on what they have. When they had Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski, that was the focal point of that offense was two tight ends that were going to kick your ass. When you had guys like Welker and Amendola and what, they were going to work the slot. Those are the guys going to be right. kick your ass. When they had, you know, whatever different running backs, like yeah. you think Randy about Moss and run, you know, all right, those exactly. things. Exactly. Um, what's my what's uh, not Dion Branch? He was the Super Bowl MVP for them. But who was the running back? Was Dion Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Like you look at like the, the they were so versatile. And I always thought, okay, so when Josh came in, I thought, why is this guy that came from this you know previous regime where it was nothing but fluidity. It was nothing but changing uh, the way that they played defense. The way that the, you know some some years they were just total zone teams. Other years they were lock up freaking you know man to man teams. They were like they've done so many different versatile things. Why is it that you would be married to this quote system of yours and then want to uh, you know jettison all these players and then take the time to bring in new players? On? So I wasn't a fan of that. Okay. That said, when I still think that there is a component to that because you're going to have your philosophy whatever that thing may be you're as a as a coach you're going to have your your philosophy and i don't think there's anything wrong with having that because that's what makes some coaches good and some coaches bad sure. because okay we heard from McDaniels in his press conference that they were willing to look back on what they did wrong last year and change and it's you, ego doesn't drive change when your ego when you think you've got it all figured out, you're not changing anything. You're going to do what I'm going to tell you to do because what I'm going to tell you to do is the right way to do it. People that are a little more uh, you know, selfless, or in this case, I think even contrite, where he's like, we did some things that did not work last year, and we're going to change and do different this year. And I think that he's now we're going to see, we see, at least I don't know, but I'm guessing, we're going to see a little bit more of a hybrid to what McDaniels and this offense does. And even the whole team is, a, is in general, they have their overarching philosophies, but as his words were, we can't do things maybe like we did it 10 or 12 years ago. Absolutely. We have to do things different. And so for him to take that and to be willing to basically admit that he was wrong, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? For lack of just coming out and saying it, mm -hmm. basically saying that he kind of blew it and that we're gonna change and be better, Every time I want to like kind of go like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm just, they pull me back in. Like, I mean, I'm kind of on board with this guy. And so, and save your freaking bootlicker comments and Josh McDaniels apologist and all that. Kind. Look, the guy's the head coach of our football team and I want us to win. I want Josh McDaniels to be the best coach in all of football because right. I want the freaking Raiders to win. Well, and so that's, it's not me yes. like freaking sitting here like, 
you know, telling you that Josh McDaniels is God's gift to coaching. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm telling you is that I'm going to root for the guy until he's not in our we're, uh, coaching for our team anymore. There you go. And then I'll freaking stop rooting for him, and then I'll be hyperly critical. But as of right now, i got to dig in to the positive things. And when not only is he showing us something positive, but you're talking about an incredibly, at times, speaking of Bill Belichick, arrogant position. Head coaches can be real arrogant. Nick Saban, like that doesn't mean that they're, you know, like you kind of got to be a jerk sometimes. Oh, for sure. So to have a guy like this that's being willing to go, you know what? We didn't get it done and we're going to be different. What else do you want from him? What else? What do you else want? would you? What, what else would you rather hear than that? Exactly. Exactly. You know. And if and if you're not drinking, you know, you you know, people call you bootlicker and all that kind of stuff. If you're not drinking the Kool Aid, go look on the shelf. There's a bunch of other flavors. Maybe you go drink some of that because if you're wearing this, you should be drinking that Kool Aid. You should be licking the boots just a little bit because yeah, because like you said. We all, the end goal, no matter what, whether it's the coaches, whether it's the fans, we all want the same thing, right? So let's all be one well, well-oiled machine and all go towards that, you know, goal together and stop trying to drag them, but this or but that. No, man, just buy in. Just buy in. Just, you know, maybe something nice will happen. Have your glass yeah, yeah, half yeah. full, you know what I mean? Like, just, you know, think of it like that. It doesn't mean you have to accept mediocrity. And Absolutely. That's, and that's the thing that I got, and I, I get response like, well, if we just get, you know, seven and eight, or, I mean, nine and eight, or if we just win 10 wins, like, that's just mediocrity, and the Raiders are just win, baby, and we should be looking for champion. I agree. We should be wanting championships. I totally agree with that. And I'm not telling you that mediocrity is acceptable. It's not acceptable to me in my personal life. And sure shit isn't acceptable in my fandom either. But at the same time, until the thing plays out, that's the thing. Is that right now, we're not 9-8. and eight. No. Right now, we didn't start the season 1-4. and four. Those things haven't happened. So right. let's not be so pessimistic that we go, well, that's automatically just going to be a thing. And let's embrace it. Look, if we're going to be critical of someone... We should also be willing to praise them when they've taken action that shows otherwise. Absolutely. And as of today, Josh McDaniels in his press conferences is owning his failures and willingness to change. Right. Like, what a, what a concept. Like, well, they, that, that's fantastic. And, you know, and I think that this coaching staff, and, and we'll move on in just a second, but, uh, but I think this coaching staff and Josh McDaniels and all that stuff kind of felt like how we felt a, a year ago today. When they brought in, we just got Devontae Adams, we've got all these pieces, we've got, you know, Derek Carr and Devontae, they're best friends, they're going to sling it down the field, we're going to be, you know, we're going to win 13 games this year, we're going AFC Championship or bust kind of mentality, and then the shit hit the fan, and by about week three or four, we were like... Oh shit! Like walking out of Nissan Stadium, absolutely walking. Yeah, exactly. You know, just bad down bad. So you know, so I mean, starting the year, and you know, well, maybe this, and well, maybe that. Well, you know, then they got we got to the end of the season, and we were like, man, we were wrong about this team. And Josh McDaniels and that coaching staff said we were wrong about the way that we thought that this was gonna go as well. So you know, so yeah, so you know, and now we kind of you know, and we can admit that like, wow, we screwed up thinking that way. Well, they did the same thing. Like so, I mean, I think they kind of bought their own hype, man. I think so too. They drank. They drank their own Kool Aid. Drank their own Kool Aid. You know, but we talk about that all the time. Like, there's, you know, it's like, like you know, the Bible says, pride comes before the fall. It's it, when you start buying into yourself. Now, I'm not talking about being confident. And I'm, confidence in, in, is an incredibly important thing when it comes to success. Yes. But I'm talking about buying into your own hype, that you've got it all figured out. And this is, again, when I go back to what I'm talking about, that you've got it all figured out. That like, oh, we did enough. 
we are good to go. Let's go win this yep. AFC Championship game. I'm with you. I think they thought that too. Yeah. And probably had a little bit of arrogance going into it, you know, and they got humbled real freaking quick, you yep. know? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hi. This is AJ calling from the Las Vegas Raiders. Hi. Hi. Swag Jeff on Raiders Fan Radio. Just win, baby. Um, so last thing I got for you, Swag Jeff, going yeah. back to Content Day a little bit. Okay. Um, and and much respect to the to the Raiders on Content Day. So Content Day is the day that the Raiders show up and they take pictures with their lightsabers and all their right, right, you know, right. pump up videos yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. You know, so they're doing all that. And um, so JT the Brick is there. Um, your boy Q is there, and Eric Allen is there. And uh, they do three hours. Basically, they combine their radio shows uh, on Raider Nation 920. Um, they do three hours uh, of, of content. And not only is it them kind of like breaking down um, position battles and groups and stuff, um, but then they're bringing in people in rotation through for interviews. They bring in okay. Dave Ziegler. Yeah. And Dave, after listening to Dave, this is when I first realized that, oh, there is no more major changes to be had. We're not trading Hunter Renfro. Like those those kinds of moves and all these stuffs that we things that we want to speculate on as fans. I didn't get that sense at all from Ziggs. Now he could be the ultimate poker player and not letting us know what his intention is to do with his hand. But I, if, if I don't think there's anything going to happen, I think this is the team. Then out of the we're going to have 53 out of the 90 that's there now or 89 anyways and um and I and I think that that that's this is going to be our Raiders for 2023 so I really did get a strong sense of that but it was a really good interview I really like Dave Ziegler a lot uh, I, I was a, I was a fan of Mayock and I thought that Mayock got a little bit of a of a of a raw deal because he got linked to you know basically a lot of Gruden's decisions you know in terms of personnel where I think that when you look at the some of the Mayock decisions, other than Leatherwood, which yeah. he, he owns that one, that he yeah. blew it on the Leatherwood one. Um, but Mayock, I mean, you look at some of his later round picks, man, he he did pretty solid. There's a reason Nate Hobbs and Hunter Infro and, you know what I mean? And, and, Max, and, Crosby and Max Crosby. And 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 like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so there's some solid ones in there. But anyways, uh, so I, I wasn't like, uh, I didn't really get it with, with, Z- with uh, Zegler right away. But now after listening to him talk for a while, I really like him, man. Yeah. And, you know, and, and our GMs, you know, we, like I wasn't a huge fan of Reggie McKenzie. R- Reggie just kind of like stayed in the shadows the whole time. He, you know, he had a good drafter with Derek and and uh, and, and Khalil and, and Gabe Jackson. Sure. Um, but the rest of his drafts, you know, with DJ Hayden and stuff, like there was a lot of funky yeah. draft picks in there. Um, you know, of course, and then before that, it was, it was Al. Right. You know, so now having Dave, I feel like that Dave's more like the head of a, like, I feel like I'm listening to like one of our corporate speakers. Yeah. Like, a head, like you, you really get the sense of the guys, he's really buttoned up. He really knows his shit. Um, and he's really just like well thought out. Like everything yeah. is so calculated yeah. that they're doing down to the Jimmy G restructuring at the last second. Like mm-hmm. you get the feeling like he's the kind of guy that just doesn't miss a lot of shit. Yeah. And so it's ultimately going to come down to his ability and his team's ability to evaluate talent. that's going to determine the success of this team or a big part of it anyways. But I got a lot of confidence in Dave and I really like listening to him speak. So that was, and I like that he's front and center, that he's out there a lot too. Yeah. Uh, I really like that. Um, uh, so that was really good, but then they 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 brought Max Crosby through, um, sat down and talked to Max for a while. That was a really good interview with with Max, and just you know hearing him talk a lot of stuff. We've kind of already already talked sure. about a little bit, and then Andre James was the other one. That that was such an insightful 
interview, hearing him talk about the relationship between quarterback and center and just kind of and, and their ability to like rotate in and out of positions. That also goes back to something Dave was talking about, too, that like their value in players is being able to do a multitude of things. Why would I pay you an exorbitant amount of money to just be able to do one thing unless you're exceptional at that one thing? You know what I mean? If you're exceptional, that won't be great. But if you can do multiple things, like play a hybrid safety linebacker, like being a rotational lineman that can play guard, that can play tackle, that you can swing out, like yeah. do those kinds of things. It was really informative. So anyways, I just want to give respect to the, to the folks that, that, at Content Day. Um, that was really neat. It was really, it was almost, it felt like watching a convention or something like, yeah. seeing like all these, like seeing the leadership and the, the players and the media and like everything. I just right. thought it was a really neat, neat event for the Raiders to do that. And so, so if you haven't had a chance to watch it, it's on the YouTubes and, yeah. I, and I had it while I was out driving around, you know, working cause we work out in the field. And so I was driving around and I just had it going on my phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? While I was driving, it was like, I was just listening to it. Yep. Yeah, it yep. Absolutely. It great. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And, and I like what you said with Andre James too, about, um, you know, the relationship between center and quarterback because that, because he's already hanging out with Jimmy G. So he went to game. He, oh, yeah, he, he yeah, went. Yeah, to, he yeah. went to game one or game two of the Golden Knights. You know, which you know, I mean, they could potentially. I mean, they they might run away with that Stanley Cup oh here very gosh. very shortly. Would they I score mean, fourteen goals in the first two games or something? Yeah, something something crazy. Yeah, they're that just is. whipping that ass. So yeah. so, and I think it's really cool that you know center and quarterback are hanging out at a successful Las Vegas outing for a professional sport. You know, you got the Aces and you got the Golden Knights that could be running away and become you know champ Vegas or whatever you want to call it. You know, so I think it's cool. That that they're doing all those things, working with the community, and then also, you know, learning what winning in Vegas is all about. And and, and the and the Raiders are next. Yeah. So so hey, hit see a fans right here while I go get Paul's email. Oh, good idea. All right, let me go and do that. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc So here at Raiders Fan Radio, we love to hear from you. Yes. Uh, more of you and less of us is a good thing, and there's a multitude of ways you can contact us. You can tweet us uh, at RaidersFanRadio.com. we got the Instagrams, at RaidersFanRadio.com. You can find us on the Facebooks. Just search for Raiders Fan Radio. Yeah. Uh, we can find us on the TikToks. Yes. At Raiders Fan Radio. We haven't posted one of those in a while. It's been a minute since it's we about did time. It's about time we start ticking and talking again. Start ticking and talking again. Yeah. It's the off season. we got the, we got time to TikTok. 
We got we got plenty of time plenty for that. Plenty time shit. on TikTok. Yeah, so yeah, 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 so check us out on any of those multitude of those services. Do us a favor though. Uh, don't DM us there though. Because no, we don't read the, the DM, Instagram, and nah, stuff. Not really. Not really. I mean, Twitter ones will find a way to me eventually. Uh-huh. Um, but the best way to get a hold of us, uh, aside from just actively, uh, openly in- interacting with us on the t- on the socials, the best way to get to us is call us. Um, it's funny. I get people on Twitter to be like, I need to come on your podcast and, and give you my opinion about this. Because I'll say something about Derek or whatever else. It'll, somebody will get all pissed off about. Whatever. Right, sure. And they'll be like, you need to let me on your show and I'll set you straight and tell you about... And I every time, I send them the phone number and no one ever calls. Right. So um, please do. If you're listening to this and you want to call the show, leave us a message. It's 909-345-3346. That's 909-345-3346. Leave us a message and we'll play your message. Even if we don't agree with you, even if you are critical of our show or whatever you want to tell us, just put it on there, man, and we'll, yeah. we'll play it, man. We ain't afraid of an alternate opinion around here, um, you know, or a tough subject or anything. We'll, we'll talk about anything with you. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so bring it up and call that number, 909-345-3346. And if we play your message three times or more, you can become a made man or made woman. That's basically like the, you know, those are our, uh, like the Hall of Fame. Yeah, of, the, cr- of, the cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. The people that's got a seat at the table there when it. when it comes to RFR, uh, the made men and the made women, and you can become one by leaving a message three times, or you can email the show. Now, you have to email the show an indefinite amount of times because, you, I don't know, some some people just let some like a real quick one, or some people send them frequently, whatever. Yeah. We might have, we might have a new one to add. I, I got, I, we got some, some, a lot of good emails. Okay. Lately. But anyways, if you want to email the show, email us at show, that's S-H-O-W, at RaidersFanRadio.com. That incredibly inventive email address is show, S-H-O-W, at RaidersFanRadio.com. I didn't know you knew. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty yeah, good. Sign language. Wow. That's pretty that? dope. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, very cool. Thank you. Oh, good. <laughs> good for you. There's one for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, so <laughs> I won't do the others that I want to call hey, you. Hey, hey. <laughs> I don't want to get this canceled. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Uh, oh right. yeah, email us at show at Raiders. Yeah, yeah, an indefinite amount of time. So yeah. so if we really, really, really like your email, you, you just email us one, you might get made on the first one. You, you just never know. One. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of the made men, some of the I guess probably one of the guys that's like because then there's even like the maid of the maid. Oh, right? you know, yeah. Heck, one of them, Michelle, is now part of the show. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So shout out Michelle and she'll be back. If you're a maid of the maid men and then move to Middle Tennessee, you might just become, you might just become one of the crew. Just one of the crew. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you look at, and there's no hierarchy here, but like, no. but like, you know, like, like Michelle and like Ron and Mojo and Big Raider Trucker. Absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? I'm leaving somebody out, so don't get your feelings hurt if I left you out. But those are just an example. Like, yeah, Wyoming Raider. Wyoming and Raider. Ty and, you know. Ramon and Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like people that have just been with us and are kind of like the inner circle, right? Uh, one of those guys is overseas. Never Absolutely. even laid eyes on him in real life, but can't wait to. Hopefully one day we'll get a chance to meet our good friend uh, over in the UK. Uh, he is in Shropshire, uh, England, 
We call it uh, Shropshire, Mississippi, right. because uh, Shropshire in England is west of Birmingham, and west of Birmingham in the United States is Mississippi, so we often joke around that Paul is from Shropshire, Mississippi, and it's funny, the Graveses, speaking of made of made people, the Graveses uh, are from Mississippi, and when they heard that Paul was in Shropshire, Mississippi, remember Tyrone was like, man, I was looking all over the map. Man, where is Shropshire, Shropshire, man? I couldn't find where it's at. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway, so our good friend Paul, uh, Paul um, writes us each and every week, and so uh, Swag Jeff? Absolutely. So greetings, everybody. Hope you're all well. While it's the offiest of the off-season, I've been looking at one or two other Raider-related stories that are around at the minute, and our old head coach is one of them. Over the last couple of weeks, John Gruden has become a little more visible in the media again, and stories have appeared about him invol- in being involved in sorts of a, a sort of a consultancy consultancy role with the Saints. This has led to speculation as to whether he can make a return to coaching in the future. Here's why I think he should take his money and retire quietly somewhere. Simply put, his coaching style and lack of people skills have have shown him to be a dinosaur. When John was with us the first time, he was feisty, loud, aggressive, and fresh to the game. He fit the mold of, uh, of where we were as an organization. Second time around, he was loud, aggressive, stuck in the 90s, and and when seemingly needed adaptability and freshness, the modern game evolved at a hell of a rate, and the return of Chucky was always doomed to failure. Sometimes we have no idea how bad things are, what damage people are doing until they're gone, and others have been left to deal with the aftermath, which is very evident now in Henderson as Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are trying to lay proper foundations that Gruden built on sand. Uh, wow. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, if you watch the interview, uh, uh, Jer- uh, what, what's his name? Gary, Gary and Conley uh, did with Graphic and Wasted. The amaz- oh, yeah, I'm yeah. amazed that the Gruden era lasted as long as it did. The, uh, man, the man management skills seem non-existent. I freely admit in saying with this, uh, with a lot of hindsight, because at the time I was happy for him to be our coach again. The only thing I was worried about uh, was the 10-year contract. I never like no matter who it is or what the circumstances are. I bought into the romantic notion Mark Davis had of, of a return to glory of the old guard at the helm. Along with Mike Mayock, I couldn't, see it go, I couldn't see how it would go wrong, and I got Raider drunk on the whole idea. The reality and the horrendous mess uh, that followed the Khalil Mack trade just being, a tip, just being the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. The good ship Raider Nation needs a modern-day aircraft carrier, not the clipper ship from the uh, bygone age. Uh, whatever led to the email scandal coming to light, whether Gruden was ousted by fair means or foul, it was for the good of the Raiders that it happened in the end. Of course, only time will tell how, how much things will get better for us. We can only trust the process. Damn it, I hate that phrase. Mark Davis's vision with Josh McDaniel seems logical, and we had, and had we had replaced Gruden with Jim Harbaugh instead, uh, wouldn't it have just been meet the new boss? He's the, he's the same as the old boss. Um, you never really know what's going to happen in the crazy world of the NFL, so who's to say whether Gruden will find himself back in the game at some point, but I doubt he'll succeed if he does because he's yesterday's man. Wow. Second, second chances are one thing, uh, if the circumstances allow, but this was his second chance and he blew it. Time to find another hobby, fella. Uh, there are some positives that he brought to the table and that he can be proud of and shouldn't be forgotten. But sometimes you just have to let things go. Knock on wood if you're with me. <laughs> Stay safe, oh, wow. RFR family. Love your Raider Nation. His Lordship, the Royal Scribe, Paul Edgerton, Shropshire, Mississippi, Polly Award winner 2019 and 2022, Foggy Glasses Award winner 2020, BRT Sizzler scorekeeper, Proud Made Man, five-time, 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 times two, winner of the Raiders Fan Radio BRT Sizzler Award. 
Paul, 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 Paul. Hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. Paul. Is your name Paul? Uh, hi, I'm Paul. <laughs> Appreciate it, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. A hell of an email. A flamethrower to My John gosh, Green. I am with that. And and hey, and are you? I am. Okay. I am. Explain. I like it. I like it. Well, I mean, you know. I mean, it was what it was, man. You know, I mean, what would have the what would the 2021 Raiders have been if Gruden had been let go, and they were riding on emotions? We finished ten and seven. We made the playoffs in amazing, amazing fashion. What would have happened if that wasn't the case? I don't know. It's you know, if, you know. They say, you know, if you're in have balls, you'd be your uncle. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. So ifs are hard, um, but like you think about, you know, if if the rug situation doesn't happen, if the Gruden situation doesn't happen, like what was the continued trajectory of the team? Because even though it was slower than we all wanted, it was a ramp up. It was slowly improving, and so that's a really interesting thing to think. Of. And I hadn't really landed on it in a way that's from a negative context until hearing Paul's email, but he makes a lot of valid points, man. And yeah. that, you know, when I was here, we, we let off this discussion today about the arrogance of coaches and about completely believing in the, their way of doing things. And, you know, that was John, like, you know, I think he didn't get enough credit for his, his evolution. I think there was more of that than you know, entirely being stuck in the '90s and the, in the early 2000s, I I think that he did evolve somewhat as a coach. But I think that though it's a very fair criticism, though, that as an overall, that yeah, he was a little bit of a a throwback. But that's what I liked about him, and that's what and that's what I think a lot of fans that the ones that did buy in that we did like that kind of throwback coach, that fiery guy that was going to get in the faces of officials and, you know, bark at his quarterback as he's coming off the field. And like, you know what I mean? Like those kind of things, like not barking of like a, a demeaning way, but in a heated exchange, like you sure. did with Gannon or, you know, Madden used to do and whatever, you know, Madden and Stabler never really got at it, but like, but Madden would get at officials big time, you know, you, you, you over-officious jerk. You know what I mean? Like, he, yeah. you know, Madden's so famous for a lot of that stuff. Um, so I kind of, I, I embraced Gruden. Oh, I, I, am, I embraced but, it, but now that he, but, but after he left and some of the decisions that that coaching staff made, crucial ones with that, where you look back now and go, damn, what if that was different? What if we would have grabbed that guy? I mean, like, holy cow. Like, I mean, what if we wouldn't have traded Khalil Mack, if we, we wouldn't have traded Khalil Mack, if we wouldn't have drafted Cleveland Farrell, you know what I mean? Like you look at some of those Big decisions that were made by John Gruden that, you know, that like like Paul Coyne right there, he was building foundation on sand, yeah. you know, on some of those things. And yeah, he did evolve and he did do those things, but some crucial mistakes, you know, could, uh, you know, effectively haunt the Raiders for years and years to come and, you know, cost some people their jobs and may continue to cause people their jobs. Absolutely. You know, if Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler can't get this thing solidified in the next couple years, they might both be out. And some of those, yes, I mean, a lot of it is obviously it's your own doing and things that you do. But like if they can't write this ship and get those pieces in place, a la the foundation of the team, like... You know, damn. I mean, it could. I mean, this could haunt the Raiders for a really long time. You can't have that many bad drafts, right? And 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 you know, not have to take time to to pull yourself out of it. And, yeah. You know, the Raiders. You know, that's where like when the Khalil Mack trade happened, 
I, I endorsed it. I got it because I'm like, there's so much um, value in draft capital that they got in return and we didn't have to sign them to a long-term contract. So we got that money saving there to address other positions. I totally understood it. I didn't love the idea we were getting rid of my favorite player because Khalil was my favorite player at the time that he was a Raider. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't love it. I didn't love that. And I and from a from a fan perspective, I didn't like it. But as from a business perspective, I totally understood it. And then they blew it on every draft pick that we got for him. Right. Yeah. So Other it essentially became Josh Jacobs. At, at, in the end, it became basically became trading Josh Jacobs for Coloma. And that wasn't a fair trade. No. And so, like, and so when, it, when you look at it, so yeah, when you look at it in hindsight, it's like, well, no, he shouldn't have never traded. We should have just kept his ass and let him go out there and continue to be dominant and close out football games for us. So, anyways, right. I, yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of fair criticisms in Paul. And I'm curious to. Leave us in the comments, man. Let us know what your take is now on Gruden. And I'm talking about the on the field. I'm not talking about off the field. Off the field, what he wrote in his emails, it was despicable and he was deserved to be let go. Like that, ain't nobody defending that. But what I am, what I would like to hear is your opinion on, you know, what, do you have the Paul take? Or are you a little more, you know, lukewarm on it like I am to where, you know, you kind of understood some of the things, but then you can also see the bad in it too? Or do you just think it was a mistake and you know or whatever else or do you think that we should just kept rich Passaccia, which is a huge thing that's out there too which early on again i was one of those guys that said why are we getting rid of this guy we know how much Me people too. love him we know you know we, we you know we talk about comp again we've heard from comp about how no one bought in in the locker room more than when rich Passaccia was there everyone loved that guy so why would you get rid of a guy like that well there's a reason he's still a special teams coach there you go. You know what I mean? And like, and you know, that's not a shot at Rich. No. That's just what he happens to do best. That's what you he know? brings to the table. What he brings to the table. So anyways, yep. let us know in the comments. Tell yep. us what your th- thoughts are on that stuff. And uh, good discussion there. Good stuff from Paul. Good stuff. All right. So appreciate you, Raider Nation. Appreciate you checking in with us once again here on the, on the porch. And uh, hopefully we'll have a new fan cave coming to you soon. But in the meantime, we'll be coming to you from porches, delis, uh, bars, bars, wherever, wherever we can post up and do the live Raiders fan radio, which we will be back next week, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern, the same time that this thing is airing. Uh, look for us there live. We're going to be giving away some really cool stuff. Uh, that right there, we're giving away that sign. Boom. Rich Gannon jersey. Uh, she's a beaut, and uh, we're going to give that thing away. Uh, all you got to do to get in on that is to donate to the foundation. You can donate offline by going to onenationfoundation.net, onenationfoundation.net, and every $10 you you donate will qualify you for one poker chip, which is basically one entry into the drawing for that jersey. So thank you, Raider Nation. We love you guys so very, very much. See you next week. Absolutely. Hey, thank you, everyone, that is tuned in live on the YouTube show. This is not live right now, so we can't see who's in there, but I'm sure some of the made of the made men are in there, so much respect to you guys. And, and yeah, when we're done, leave comments. We, 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 we talked about a lot of things, so, so give us your input on those things. Uh, hit us up. Let us know. And, yes, we will be live one week from today for episode 290 of Raiders Fan Radio. So yeah, so hey, thanks everyone for tuning in for the Raiders Fan Radio Rundown. I'm Swag Jeff from my buddy Murph, uh, where we take a lighter side journey into the dark side. Don't forget, boys and girls, what happens in Vegas is started in Oakland. Good night, everybody. God bless. Adios, malingers. Next time you see me, I'll be in a hard cast. (laughs) There you go. Take it one for the team, Swag Jeff. Well, yeah. Goodbye. Okay.
All right. How long was that? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country... Buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. 